Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number six. Today is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. Uh, week one of the NFL season has passed through. Week one of the EPL season has come and gone. Um, both really, really good starts to both seasons. The NBA playoffs are, uh, you know, heating up. We're getting to the, we're getting towards the latter latter steps of the playoffs. Mm, it has been over a week since I did my last episode, episode number five. Um, that's mostly because um, I have been lagging it to get another one out. I just moved to a new spot, so I've been trying to uh, get my setup going. Um, you know, get myself acclimated to. Uh, this new part of the city that I'm in. Um, plus, moving moving takes a lot out of you. It's just it's just tedious. It's like a bunch of stuff you got to do, moving, changing addresses, stuff like that. But no more excuses. I'm back. I'm back and I'm better. We're gonna start getting some content out weekly, at least one episode a week. So expect that in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, in my last episode, it was basically. Uh, it was with my good friend Akena, Almighty Blizzo, Slander God. It was a good episode. Um, we basically just talked about basketball. Um, he's well versed in basketball. That's his favorite sport. I love basketball, so it was basically just a, a analysis of all the series that were going on at the time. Um, we made our predictions. Uh, it was it was a good episode. Slander God slandered a lot of people, um, and a lot of teams too. So if you guys haven't seen that, uh, I'll put the link on the description. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's just the last episode. Um, but yeah, in that ep- in that episode, we talked about uh, Lakers versus Rockets. I think they were down 0-1 at the time. We were kind of, we we're both. Uh, well, he's a, he's a LeBron fan. I'm a Laker fan. We we're both uh, a little worried. I still believe Lakers were gonna go win in six. They ended up winning in five. And they look really good. So shout out to Lakers. We'll talk about that. Uh, the other series, Nuggets versus, versus Clippers. I think it was uh, at the time the Clippers had won game one, and it was one zero, I believe. And we we I, I said I said Clippers in six. He said it might be a sweep, Clippers in four. But as we now know, today Tuesday August uh, Tuesday September fifteenth, game seven. Clippers have uh, blown a three, a three-one lead. It's three-three. They might blow it and lose. We'll see. Game seven. I'm gonna give my thoughts on that too. Coming up. Um, the Celtics at at the time they had a two-one lead against the Raptors. I said it was gonna go seven, and I predicted the Raptors to win. Unfortunately, fortunately it did go to game seven because it was one of the best series ever. But they lost in seven. But recap that real quick and. Um, the last, the last uh, series was the Bucks versus um, the Heat. At the time of the last uh, episode, I think they were down 3-0. Um, Slander got said they were gonna get swept, but they were able to eke out one game, and Heat looked real good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the, I'm gonna talk about the one series that's still going on right now, which is uh, the Nuggets and the Clippers. Recap a little bit of the Lakers and Rockets. And then give my thoughts on the Celtics and the Heat, which should be a good series. And then week one, week one of the NFL is now in in the books. Since I lagged it to get an episode out, I, I didn't get to um, say my predictions on video before the season started. 
but I was able to uh, at least tweet about them, and I, I should post, I should post uh, my tweet here or somewhere over here, so you guys could see my my predictions. Um, if if you're listening to this on the just on podcast, I'll I'll put my uh, Twitter on the description so you guys could see that I'm, my takes. I uh, I did my predictions before the season started. It was a great uh, great week one of NFL. NFL football, it was just great. On Sunday, it was just amazing to watch football the whole day. And then the Clippers played the Nuggets, too. It was just a lot of sports. And EPL came back, and you just had sports all day. Was, that's partially another reason why I didn't do, haven't done the video. There's just been bombarded with sports. Should have found, found some time, but now, Tuesday, I have a lot of time to, uh, you know, get my thoughts out, talk about, talk about all these sports, talk about all these topics I haven't been able to talk. But yeah, first uh first up, I wanted to talk about the Lakers. Shout out to the Lakers. They looked real good. Dismantled the Rockets in 5 games. I thought it was going to go 6, like I said. I thought it was going to go 6. I thought the Rockets would at least show more fight. I thought they would be able to uh, get one more game, but they couldn't. A, a large part of that is because Westbrook has really regressed. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad to see how bad he's uh, fallen off. At a time, uh, I think when Kobe, when Kobe retired, the late Kobe, um, R.I.P. When Kobe retired and uh, he was not, he was no longer in the league. Uh, Westbrook was my favorite player just because he has that dog mentality. He he screams at everybody. Um, it's there's a soundbite of Stephen A. talking about him saying like. If you're not on his team, you're the enemy, and you will be treated like that. And man, that like that resonated so much with me. Like, bro, like if you're not on my team, you're you're not my friend. You're not my buddy. You're you're the opposition, and I'm gonna do everything to beat you. And he had back then, he had the skills to back it up. He was a all star. He was in the prime of his career. He, all his athleticism was still there. He's just a really good player. But now, 2020, six. Five six years later, knee, uh, reconstructive knee surgeries that he's had. Uh, he's getting. I think he's thirty thirty one years old. His athleticism is going away. It feels like his basketball IQ IQ just keeps going lower and lower every season. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of hard to say that he's washed just because there was times during the season that I remember even like analysts on TV were saying that. He was playing his best basketball um, when they traded Capella, and they 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 were just playing five out, and he was the only one that couldn't shoot on the floor, and he did have a a stretch of a month where he was just um, playing really really good. I think uh, they beat the Celtics on like a primetime game that I could kind of recall where he went off, and everybody was saying the Rockets were um, project was gonna go good just because. Westbrook was playing like the best basketball of his career, and which is true. During that time, he was playing amazing, but he got hurt, and ever since he came back from this injury, he just hasn't been the same. He he, he it's just been bad, man. He makes a lot of bad decisions. He kind of cost him a couple games, even versus the um like at the end of the OKC game. I think it was game six. He just had a lot of turnovers. I don't I don't know what the Rockets do from here. Um. I think they interviewed James Harden after the after the loss to the to the Lakers, and he was uh, something along the lines that said, "We're one player away from being 
a, a real contender or like a championship team. And I feel like I've been hearing that from the Rockets for the, like the last four or five years. It just seems like they're one player away from being one player away. Like they'll never actually be there. They're, they're always going to be just one player away. They were one player away before Chris Paul. Then they got Chris Paul. And then they were one player away with him. And then they traded Chris Paul. They got Westbrook. And now they're one player away with him. Like it just feels like it's a never, um, it's a never ending circle with them. There's there is this interview of Kobe when he was asked about like James Harden, like what he's doing and stuff like that. And Kobe said that he doesn't believe that 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 type of basketball could win, where Harden's just at the top of the key and the defense knows where he's at and he's just in front of them and they can always keep an eye on him. And they could just key on him, and, and he won't be able to, you know, be as effective. Or it's, it'll just be easy on the defense, especially in the playoffs. And I, I feel like he's correct. He, they're right. It's, it's true. Like, it's, it's been proven. Harden, for all he does, for all his scoring prowess, MVP, which maybe should have had a couple MVPs, he, he's just ha- has never been able to get it done in the playoffs. And it's not because he's not good on offense. I think it's the system. And when they got Chris Paul, I thought that that would switch. They would switch the system, but they would let Chris Paul have, like run the show more and have Harden off the ball. But that that wasn't the case. They kind of turned Chris Paul just into a spot up shooter, and I I kind of blame that on D'Antoni just because I mean he's just letting Harden do the same thing over and over again and it's not working. But now D'Antoni's gone. Um, his contract ran out. They both agree that they they weren't gonna extend the contract or. They're gonna go their separate ways, so I'm sure D'Antoni will get a will get another coaching job. He's good at getting teams to the playoffs, and he's a good regular season coach. And there's always teams that are looking for that. But as far as the Rockets go, I don't know what they do. Uh, uh, who's a good coach out there? Maybe Mark Jackson. He's a name that's always thrown around. Um, if if they get rid of if the Bucks get rid of Mike, he's one coach of the year. That might be another option to take a look at. He 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 does move the ball pretty good. It has his limitations because Giannis couldn't shoot, and the and the roster wasn't that good. But it might work with uh with the Rockets. I don't know. It just seems like the Rockets are stuck. Um, they're not really progressing. That style of basketball has been almost the same for like the last three four years. There's nothing that you could put key. There's nothing that you could point out from that team that's like okay, like I see this improvement from last year to this year we just got unlucky like it's the same it's the same type of basketball it's just it just feels like it's not gonna work that's enough of the rockets uh, uh houston has has to make some decisions on on i think it was episode three of my podcast i had my good friend matt come over and he predicted that the rockets were gonna blow it up they were gonna blow up the team after the season and I think they might be. He might be right. Um, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if they tra- if they trade Westbrook. I don't know who would want to trade for him with that contract, and after the playoff performances he put up. But I do think that they're gonna shop him. I don't know what they could get for him, but they they'll definitely shop him. Um, as far as Harden, Matt Matt said he thinks they'll trade Harden too. That's a tough one. I, like that would be full blown rebuild and just giving up on this like window and it, it's hard to get a player like Harden so I don't know if that would happen I think they would try to retool one more time 
and maybe get Harden to like. I don't know. It's hard just because Harden looks like he doesn't want to change the style. He wants to get his numbers. He wants to be the focal point. He wants to have like that high usage rate. Um, and I don't know who who would realistically be able to trade for Harden. He's, his value is still super high, so I don't know what how I don't know who would be able to put up a package for the Rockets to feel comfortable with the return. But yeah, I predict I, I predict they shop Westbrook around. I don't think I don't think they're gonna be able to trade him. I think it's gonna be more or less the same Rockets team next year with maybe a free agent pickup, and then we'll see we'll see who get who they get as their head coach. As far as the Lakers, as far as the Lakers go, Lakers Lakers look good. Lakers look good. Um, I am a Lakers fan. I try to I try to be as unbiased as I can, just because I don't want to make decisions or make make a takes say takes with my heart i'd rather use my brain um people thought i was being a homer when when i said that the lakers would beat the beat portland in five i honestly thought that portland was a bad matchup like the lakers were a bad matchup for the for the blazers they had no uh, rim protection i thought they were gonna get uh, killed on the boards there was no one to stop ad no one to start lebron um, it's easier to slow down guards than like wings and bigger people just because they're smaller. If you have like LeBron could do a better job on on Lillard than Lillard could do a job like the the same job like to LeBron on defense. Something like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyways, people were t- calling me Homer just because Portland was playing really good and I said I said that the Lakers w- would take care of them easily and they did. And then the Rockets came about and I said Lakers in 6, they did it in 5. And now, my my, I, I was I was worried about the Lakers when they weren't playing good in in the bubble. But I I always thought that in the playoffs, elite talent usually wins. Like if you have the best player or two of the three best players in the series, you're you're most than likely gonna win. Just because the playoffs, it's all about stars. It's all about star power. It's about your stars showing up. And I always believe that the Lakers, in any series that they play. They would either have the best player. They would always have the best player in LeBron. Maybe the Clippers you could put quiet, but I, I still think LeBron's a little better. And then they would have the second or third best player for sure in AD. And and once you have that, then you're always going to have a chance to win. And if, if your co-stars, if your teammates could just, you know, carry a little bit of their own weight, you should be fine. And sure enough, Caruso has turned it around. He's playing great defense. Green Green is shooting pretty good now. He's he's hitting his threes. KCP's playing good. Kuzma Kuzma surprisingly has picked up his defense. He's he's a real good defender now. Just from the eye test, I don't know what the advanced metrics or like the numbers say, but just seeing him on the effort contesting shots, it, it looks like he's there. It looks like he's bought in. Uh, Marquise Morris have been has been a great revelation. Um. Like the Lakers, the Lakers have their best three lineups in the playoffs. They all have Marquise Morris. I think uh, playing the Rockets kind of helped the Lakers because they were forced to go small. They were forced to. Uh, they were forced to like bench Howard and McGee. Uh, just because the Rockets, they play super small and, and bigs get exposed against the Rockets. Then like bigs, bigs are accustomed to guarding the rim, and the Rockets don't really attack the rim, so. They're they're getting caught like just being stranded in in the 
under the rim and while the person they're supposed to be guarding is out at the three-point line. And because of that, they got benched. They hardly got any minutes the last four games. And the three best lineups that the Lakers have all have Markeith Morris. The one that I really like is uh, Caruso, AD, LeBron, Rondo, and Morris. That's a real good lineup. Every time they come out to the to the court, it looks – it's it's not even a small lineup. It's a small lineup just because there's no traditional center. But AD is almost seven feet. Markeith Morris is, is huge. Like he's like six nine, six ten, I think, but he's stocky. He's big. He can move pretty good, so he could defend multiple positions. Rondo, Rondo could hold his own against guards. Caruso is a, it's a great good defender, and, and LeBron is six eight, like two fifty. So, it's a good lineup. Um, I think the Lakers are actually pretty versatile in what they could throw on the court. They could go really huge if they put uh, Jabel McGee and, and AD. And then they throw Kuz, LeBron, and Rondo, and then they have like they basically have four towers and Rondo, and and it's a it's a matchup nightmare if the other team's going small or if they want to go small themselves. AD is uh, agile enough to play small ball to at least keep up with most some guards and like some wings. So he's a he's a he's a really good like center for a small ball lineup. Then LeBron could play the four, and then you put Rondo and Caruso and KCP or Kuz. It's just I feel like the Lakers are real versatile. Shout out to Mike Vogel. He's he's uh really turned the 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 team around from how they looked in the in the bubble. I know a lot of people were worried. Myself too. I was I was a little worried. I was like, wow, like this might not be good. We do. It's looking like we have the the worst. It's looking like we have the worst backcourt in the NBA. And uh, our stars weren't like their stars weren't shining as bright as they are right now. So it was kind of worrisome. I did think they were gonna turn it around, and now they have. And uh, I must say that the Lakers should be favored against whoever comes out of the Nuggets versus Clippers series. The Clippers have looked very shaky. The Nuggets are a really good team. They have a lot of heart. They're still very young. They're maybe like a year, a year away from actually being legit contenders. A year or two. This is a good good run. But the way the Lakers have been playing, um, beating Portland, beating the Rockets in five games, after a lot of a lot of teams once the seedings got, got uh, set up, they thought that the Lakers were gonna have one of the toughest roads ever in the potentially it was gonna be Portland, Rockets, Clippers, and then whoever got out of the East. And sure enough they took care they took care of them in five games. The first two challenges so um i think that that should say a lot about how good the lakers are playing they're they're playing great they should be the favorites against the clippers i do have the clippers winning tonight um and then after that i have lakers in six but first um i want to talk about the clippers versus the nuggets they play tonight um tuesday september 15th game seven If the Clippers choke this away, it would be one of the worst. Uh, I mean, the Clippers have a lot of bad moments in their history. They're just not a very good team. But if the Clippers find a way to blow this, is it, it would just be so bad. After after all the hype that they've had, after all the acquisitions that they made, all the picks they traded to get a PG in their team, um, it, it was. 
I don't. Uh, I do know a couple Clipper fans, and let me just say that it would be a rough day for them. I know uh, Laker Twitter and like all of Lakers social media. Lakers have a great following on all social media. I know it would just be, it would be ridiculous if the Clippers lose. I hope they don't lose. I know it would be funny. It would be funny if they lose. Sorry, my nose is bugged. If uh, it would be hilarious if they lose, just because. Uh, I call them a poverty franchise just because they've never won anything, and uh, they're the little brothers of the Lakers. But this would be poverty franchise behavior for sure. Like, you get Kawhi, he's an NBA champion, regarded as the best or one of the best players in the NBA. You trade, like, five picks, three picks and, like, three swaps for PG. Um, you already have a real good team that made the playoffs, took the Warriors to like five or six games last year. Everybody, you're the preseason Cinderella. You're the preseason favorite. Everybody's picking you. Everybody's like crowning you the champions before the season. You take a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets. Everybody has the Nuggets done. Everybody thinks the Nuggets are going to be are just going to go away. You guys are going to beat them. Saying that the Clippers have a better team than the Lakers. And if they if they, if they they lose this... If they lose to the Clippers tonight and don't make the the at least the Western Conference Finals, yeah, uh, it would be a bad day for Clipper fans. Like, uh, Matt, if you're listening to this, it would be bad. It'd be so bad. Um, do I expect that to happen? No. Like I said, Stars wins championships, and the Clippers have the biggest star in that game, in Kawhi Leonard. Um. So I do expect them to win. Also, I've been dying to see the Clippers play the Lakers the whole season. I've been looking forward to that Western Conference Finals since Kawhi signed with the Clippers. That I, I knew that was going to happen. And now if it doesn't happen, I'll be very, very upset. I want that to happen. I'm dying to see that. So I expect Kawhi to come out as a monster tonight. I expect him to dominate. I expect them to get at least 35. He's going to put the team on his back. I actually think Paul George is going to have a good game too. He had 33 in game six in a loss, but I feel like he's going to step up his defense. I think they're going to hound the Nuggets. Uh, I don't think the Nuggets are going to go down without a fight. I feel like they're going to have their runs. They're going to try to come back like, like they've had in the last couple games. But ultimately, the Clippers have a better team. Clippers have the better star. I don't think they have the better coach. Doc Rivers is a history spotty at best. He has blown two other 3-1 leads in the past. So if they do lose, I would blame a lot of the blame should go to Doc Rivers. Um, his rotations, uh, adjustments he's made in the in the games. But I don't. I don't think I. I hope. I hope the Clippers win. I really do. I want to see the Clippers versus Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I think a lot of people have looked forward to that, and it would just be really disappointing to not see, not not to take anything away from the Nuggets. That would that would probably be a good series against them too, Lakers Clippers. I mean Lakers versus Nuggets, but everybody wants the battle of LA in the conference final, and I hope it happens. I would not be surprised if Murray drops like fifty and just ruins it when. And Jokic just puts up like a triple double and ruins it for everybody, and that would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, regardless, it's gonna be a great game. I know I'm gonna be watching the game. 
I do. Uh, I want to apologize to the to the Nuggets just because uh, during Game One, I remember Game One was happening and the Clippers took a big lead early in Game One, and then I'm in a group chat with like one of my Clipper uh, Clipper homies, uh, Matt, and some uh, my other friend Jason. I think Jason is going to be on the show uh, in the near future, so shout out to Jason. I do believe he's going to be on the show in the next couple episodes. But I remember after after the Clippers took a took a slight lead or like a significant lead in game 1 in the early first quarter, uh, Matt was like I don't I'll I'll be really shocked if this goes 5 games. And <laughs> I didn't like agree agree with him, but in my head I was like, "Damn, that's kind of true." Like I don't see a way how the Nuggets are going to be able to score on the Clippers. They have two of the best wing defenders in the in the NBA. It's looking bad for the Nuggets. I, I had said Clippers and six, but I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I could kind of see, like, where he's where he's coming from. Like, how is this going to go five? And, I mean, they have a lot of heart. The Nuggets have a lot of heart. Um, they're just willing themselves to... Uh, to get points to make runs, they've been down 15. I think game five, they were down 18. Game seven, game six, and they came back. Uh, it's just uh, it just shows how uh, how much heart that team has. They're young. I feel like they're hungry. They're really hungry. I think a lot of teams had a lot of people had them dead. So I think that's extra motivation. It also helps that there's no fans. There's less pressure. And the Clippers have kind of looked a little lazy on defense. I think during those runs that the Nuggets have have had, uh, they've actually had a lot of open threes, a lot of like easy buckets. So it's, Clippers are partially to to be to fault for. It's not just the Nuggets playing really really good offense or you know establishing their brand of basketball. I think the Clippers have also dropped the ball and not played as good as they they should. But Game seven should be fun tonight. Um, I do expect the Clippers to win one more time. Clippers are going to win tonight. It's my prediction. It's going to be a close game, and they're going to pull away towards the end. And then Lakers in six. And the East on the East, Celtics versus Heat. Um, one last time, I want to give a shout out to the Raptors. They lost Kawhi. Pascal Siakam is their best player this season in the regular season, and he's. He's had a terrible playoffs. Let's just call it what it is. It's been terrible. It's been hard to watch. Um, he 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 loses the handle a lot as he's dribbling. Like he, he's missed easy layups. He's missed so many layups. He he's just looked bad. It's bad. It's been a rough, rough, rough playoffs for Siakam, and he's their best player. And they still managed to go to the second round, push the series to seven after being down 0-2. They showed the they showed the heart of a champion. They showed that the they're a legit team, even if their number one star from last year is gone and their star from this year is having a really bad playoffs. It just goes to show what a good coach, how far a good coach could take you with good talent. Um, Nick Nurse is a great coach. Uh, if if we were to pick coaches today, he might be my first coach. Like if we're starting a team and I, you gave me the choice to pick any any coach, Popovich is getting low, so I don't know how many years I'll get from him. But Nick Nurse, he might be the the best coach to start a franchise with at this moment. 
But that's enough of the Raptors. Shout out to them. Played great. Shout out Lowry. Lowry is a champion. I do think he's he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Just because the uh, the basketball Hall of Fame is a little bit easier to get into. It's not just it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the basketball Hall of Fame. So yeah, some players that just did really good in college have made it to the basketball Hall of Fame. So Lowry has a good uh good enough track record to make it. Um I do have the Celtics winning winning in six. Mostly because uh, I think the Heat have done good uh, in these playoffs because the two teams that they've played uh, don't really have that many scores. The Pacers had uh, who they have? They had uh, T.J. Warren, who was kind of like slowed down by that time. By the time the playoffs came around, they had Oladipo, who uh, was coming off an injury. He never Oladipo never looked like himself since he came back. He he didn't look like you know the all-star old depot or like the old depot that was carrying the pacers like two two playoffs ago and so bonus was hurt he never came back and it's just it was easy it was it was easier to defend that team and then the bucks the bucks just don't have that many weapons it's Giannis, it's it's middleton and it's bledsoe and bledsoe can't shoot to to save his life Giannis is even worse he's terrible at shooting and then uh, Middleton, he's kind of limited. He does have a mid range. He, he's he's well he's more well versed in his offensive game. He can score from anywhere, but he's not like elite at any particular um, like spot on the court. And because of that, it was uh, I think the Heat had a good had an easier time defending those two teams. There wasn't a lot of options. The Celtics, on the other hand, Brown Brown could get his own from anywhere. He's really athletic. He could dunk on you. He could pull up from three. He 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 has that mid range. Same could be said for Tatum. He's a, he could pull up from anywhere. He's his game reminds me of Kobe's game. Kobe did a uh, train with him, so makes sense why the resemblance is there. Um, Kemba Kemba had a rough series against the the Raptors, but that's because they were throwing a box and one on him, so they made it. A key to stop him but he could get he, he could score from anywhere too and uh even uh even marcus smart even marcus smart could, could get his own some he's shooting really good against the raptors he, he could theoretically you know give him a spark it's just it's just way harder to stop the celtics than it is the other teams celtics have a lot of offensive power and they're good on defense too uh tatum and brown are two pretty good wing defenders brown especially brown's one of the best wing defenders he he. That's how he came into the league. He was a great defender, and he kind of just knew his offense was gonna come. And at this point in his career, he, his offense is pretty good. His defense is elite. Tatum, he came in into the league more of an offensive player, and his defense has prog- progressed too. So he's he's a decent wing defender. I think they'll be able to at least uh, minimize um, Butler's uh, output. And then after that, you just gotta you can't let the shooters. You can't let. Uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero get going. I, th- I think they have the bodies to throw around. Um, and and they're just they're just well coached too. Um, Brad Stevens is another really really good head coach that I I rate really high. I think he's he makes good adjustments. He he calls timely timeouts. He's one of the best coaches to draw plays out of a timeout. And because of that, I have the Celtics winning. Um, 
which would set up a Celtics versus Lakers NBA Finals, and that would be amazing. That would be, woo. We need that. We need a Celtics versus Lakers final. I think that would be great. It would be great TV. Um, especially right now when the NFL season has uh, restarted. So it's going to take away from views. The NBA doesn't like to compete against the NFL because the NFL is NFL's king in the U.S. as far as views go. But if you put on a Celtics versus Lakers final, oh, people are going to watch. People are, people are going to watch for sure. So, yeah. Um, Celtics and six is my take. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be another great uh, series of great coaching all around. Spolstra versus Brad Stevens. It's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. I think I enjoy the the chess match between coaches. Like it's just when you see two co two great coaches out on the on the court, you you kind of tell that they're great coaches just by the flow of the game, like timely timeouts those plays from out of bounds, like the substitutions, even the commentators are able to tell. They always make little comments on it. And I think it just adds another dimension to games and makes it more interesting. So Spolstro versus Brad Stevens, that's going to be another, another reason why the Celtics and Heat game and Heat series should be a, a really good one. But yeah, that's a, that's, that's the NBA topic for this, uh, for this podcast. Uh, Clippers should win tonight. I have Clippers winning, winning tonight in seven, and then uh, they haven't looked that good. They left all right. Uh, their path ends against the Lakers next next uh, next round, I believe. Lakers in six, and then Eastern Conference Finals: Celtics versus Heat. Celtics just have too much firepower. They're the better team. They have a really good head coach. I expect Celtics to win in six. But let's talk about football. NFL came back this week. Um, we had a very good weekend of football. Um, we started off the games with uh, Chiefs versus Texans on Thursday night. The champions got to host the Texans. Uh, they 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 were one of the few teams that were able to have uh, fans on their stadium. Um, let me just say that having no fans in an NFL stadium looks really weird. It looks more weird than having no fans in, in the NBA arenas. Just because NBA arenas are kind of, like, smaller. So, like, you're able to hide it better, I guess, on the camera angles. In the, in the football angles, like, if, if the camera was on the on the actual action, everything looked fine. Then as soon as they showed, like, the, the field goal, like, the goal post angle or, like, an overhead angle or, like, a really low angle going towards the stands... It looked weird. It looked super weird. It looked it kind of looked made me feel uncomfortable. Like what? They're just <laughs> big ass stadium, like stadiums that hold eighty thousand people, seventy thousand people, and the only people that are there are the twenty two players on the field and the rest of the rosters on the side. And it just made me feel like a <laughs> like I wonder what the players feel. I don't think players are used to ever being in an empty arena. Like in practice, they're in their practice fields with like not a bunch of seats around there. I don't know. It just, it felt a little weird. It felt strange. It definitely felt more strange than, uh, than the basketball arenas not being, uh, full. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Is it just me or did the NFL, uh, stadiums being empty look more weird than, uh, than the NBA arenas being empty? Let me know. Let me know. Uh, comment down below if you agree with me or if you don't. 
for me for me at least it was it was more shocking seeing the NFL arena I mean in stadiums with no fans but I quickly wanted to just uh mention my uh my picks my picks for the season I was supposed to uh I was supposed to make a video before the season started just so people would know that uh I'm not making these picks as I go and that these are my preseason picks and I'm doing this video after week 1 so it may look like uh it may look like these are biased or like they're I have one week of data to make these picks but I assure you that is not the case I did tweet them out right before right before the Chiefs and Texans game I did make sure to get all of my picks for the division winners Super Bowl prediction who's going to make the the wild cards who's going to be in the mix I I did make sure to tweet that out just so that in case they come true I I have bragging rights that I did pick them before the season start and no one could say I didn't even though this video is going to come out after week 1 but I'm going to post screenshots of my tweets if I figure out how to do that um probably put it right here or here maybe next to Kobe or maybe here I uh, I don't know where I'll put them but the tweet will be somewhere in this vicinity, and if you're on the podcast, uh, just take my word for it. <laughs> I'll say my predictions right now, and if uh, you want to reference it, I will put uh, my Twitter handle on the description if you want to uh, scroll down. I think actually I, I I made all of my predictions on like one thread, so I'll just put the top one. I'll put the link to the top one on the description for the podcast episode in case you want to fact check me or make sure that I did tweet it out before the the season started. But let me just quickly run through my predictions. Um you guys may agree or disagree. Uh comment down below or just, you know, <laughs> speak it to yourself if I'm crazy for these picks. Some of these picks, let me just go ahead and write and say that after week 1, uh they're looking some of them are looking a little iffy. They're looking like uh they may not come true and that's fine. It's week 1. It's overreaction week. Everybody overreacts after week 1, including myself. I am part of that group. It's just human nature to <laughs> if we only have one week of data then that's all we're going to base our picks on. Or if you look really good on week 1 then hey, are you a contender? But I digress. Um here we go. I'm going to start on the AFC first. Um, AFC West, Chiefs, Chiefs, I have the Chiefs winning the division, I have the Chiefs being the number one seed in the AFC, I think, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying anything crazy here, I'm not going on a limb, I'm, I'm not stepping out on the ledge, this is, um, pretty straightforward, I think everybody has the Chiefs winning this division, um, I think everybody has them at the top of the conference too, or the best team in the NFL, in the regular season at least, I don't know if you have them as Super Bowl champs, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Chiefs look really good in week one, so, um, I'm pretty confident on the pick. Um, Mahomes looked amazing. Uh, their new rookie running back looked amazing. It looks like they're going to have a very legit running game this season, and that could be very scary for the rest of the league. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how, if you guys tell me, how do you stop the Chiefs? If you guys were defensive, this is a question of the day. If you guys were defensive coordinators in the NFL, how would you game plan against the Chiefs? How would you stop this potent offense? Would you uh, key on Travis Kelsey? 
would you stop the run now that they have a run? Would you stop uh, Tyreek Hill? Would you play one-on-one? Would you blitz all the time? Like, what would you do? It's it's a very tough question. I don't have the answer. I think no one in the league has the answer. So if you guys have the answer, please let me know. Um, I'm dumbfounded how anybody's supposed to stop the Chiefs. You're just supposed to, I guess, outscore them, which would be hard. Um, Texans couldn't do it. I don't rate the Texans that high this year. But let's keep going. AFC North, I have the Ravens winning. Um, I think they're clearly the second best team in the AFC. Might be the second best team in the NFL. They have the current reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson. He's looked very good. He looks like he's uh, progressing year by year. He had another he started the season really good in week one against the Browns. Um, so, yeah, if first two picks, I feel pretty confident. I think I'm going to hit Chiefs and Ravens. AFC South. This is uh, this is where my picks start going south in the AFC South. Which AFC South, I picked the Colts. Uh, I, this might have been a little biased. If you guys don't know, I am originally from San Diego. I was a Chargers fan through and through since for over a decade i believe and then they left the chart they left san diego they broke my heart and i broke up with them so i'm a, currently a free agent fan but i still remember the great years that rivers brought to that franchise so i guess i kind of made this pick with my heart just because river rivers went to the Colts, and i i thought he still had something in the tank and the Colts have one of the best lines in the NFL, if not the best. Shout out to the Raiders. They might have a good one too. But that's how I made my decision. Colts, good team, solid team. Drafted another running back. He should be good. Um, they have some weapons. Rivers was going to revive his career. Defense, they have a great uh, middle linebacker. They have some. They have some talent on the defensive side too. That was my pick. I thought the Texans were going to um, regress, which I still think they will. I think the Titans are going to regress, which I still think they would. But I had the Colts pretty – I had the Colts rated pretty highly, and I don't know if that's going to hold, hold true anymore. Um, that's that's probably my shakiest pick that I've made so far, or uh, maybe out of all of them. Do I still expect them to win? They could, but they lost to the Jaguars in week one. So that's uh, that one's looking a little rough because I, I didn't rate the Jaguars that high. Minshew looked good. They might be able to do something. They got rid of uh, Leonard Fournette. Maybe he was a real big problem. I don't know. But uh, FC South, Colts, that one might not be so hot by the time the season ends if Rivers keep throwing interceptions. Hopefully he can turn it around, make me look smart, make me look like I know what I'm talking about. If he doesn't, then he's just old. It's fine. Couldn't seem that. <laughs> I picked with my heart. AFC East, I think uh correct myself here again. I start heading down the right path. I picked the Patriots. A lot of people have the Bills taking the division. Uh, now that Brady's gone, people think that the Patriots are going to, you know, release the stronghold they had on that division for many, many years. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's still their division. I think, uh, I think, sorry, I think Cam Newton is still a really good quarterback. I I don't know why people think he's going to be washed. He's in his early 30s, I believe. He's a physical specimen. 
he could still throw the ball. He's still good. He's going to start getting his legs. He already got two rushing touchdowns. And the Patriots had a solid defense. It looks like the Patriots are going to be one of those teams that just grind you out and tough out a win week it week in and week out. And uh, they have one of the best. They have the best coach of all time, and uh, Belichick. So I do expect them to win. I don't think the Bills are going to dethrone them just yet. So AFC East Patriots. But speaking of the Bills, I do think the Bills are going to be good. They have a solid young quarterback. They added some weapons. They added uh, Stephon uh, Diggs. Um, they have talent on the defensive side. They just re-signed their cornerback, I believe, to a big deal. They're looking like a good team. They're looking nice. Their young quarterback, um, what's his name, Allen. Allen is good. Um, so, yeah, I have the Bills getting that fifth, that fifth seed. I expect big things from them. Um, they should keep progressing. They they uh they made the playoffs last year. I I think they'll repeat this year, especially because honestly the AFC doesn't have that many good wild card teams. Like I don't see teams in the wild card round like really making uh, that much noise. So and the Bills are a cool little team that should make the wild card and you know go out in the first round. I believe Steelers they have Big Ben back. Steelers uh. They almost made the playoffs without Big Ben last year, which goes to show how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is and uh, how good their defense is. So now that Big Ben's back, I expect them to still have some a little bit of thread on those tires, and uh, he should be able to be the difference between almost making the playoffs and sneaking in and making the playoffs. So I have the Steelers as a sixth seed. And if you guys don't know, there's now a seventh seed. They're adding an extra alcohol spot. There's only one team that gets a bye week, so there's more games in the wild card round now. Um, I think it's cool. We'll see how it goes. But um, the seventh spot, I actually have three teams from the AFC North making it. So I have the Ravens making, winning the division, being the number two seed, possibly first. And then I have Steelers making a wild card and the Browns. Surprisingly, the Browns. I have the Browns making the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. Um, that's another pick. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That may look a little sketch after week one. Uh, if you guys didn't watch the game, they the Browns played the Ravens, and they got destroyed. They looked awful. Mayfield looked like he's taking another step back, which is not what Brown fans want to see, want to hear. Um, they should be used to it by now. The quarterbacks are just not good. Um, but hopefully they could change it. Hopefully it's just a... It's just a... It's just a result of playing the Ravens. The Ravens are just a really good team. Hopefully, that's all it is. Browns played one of the best teams in the league. No harm in losing to them. Hopefully, that's it, and they're able to turn it around, and they make the playoffs. It would be nice to see the Browns in the playoffs. They, I feel bad for their fans. Not too bad, just because, like I said, I grew up in San Diego, so I know what it feels like being in a town that doesn't win nothing. And at least if you're a Browns fan, you're most likely a Cavaliers fan and you saw championships. So you'll be all right. But I do have the Browns making the playoffs. We'll see how that goes. Supposedly, I think today came out. Today, one more time. Today is Tuesday, September 15th. Uh, today came out. The Browns are actually trying to shop OBJ and they're trying to uh, move on from him. Is that If that's true, 
I still believe the Browns have enough talent to to make the playoffs, even without OBJ. I, obviously, OBJ will help, but if they trade him away, they still have two. And Joku got hurt, so he he's done. But they have Hooper, and then they have uh, Landry. They they still got weapons. They have a uh, Hunt. They have Chubb. They have enough weapons to uh, to make the playoffs, even if OBJ is not there. But it, it is the Browns. So anybody that picks the Browns to make the playoffs is going out on a limb, with <laughs> just because that's how they ba- that's how bad they are. That's how unlucky they are. Uh, people had them winning the Super Bowl last year, which is crazy. I think it's not too far fetched to think that they're gonna make the playoffs this year as the last seven seed. Um, the two teams I have in the mix that could potentially make the playoffs are the Raiders and the Texans. Raiders. I think this is year three or four of the Mike Gruden experiment. Chucky, he's a good coach. I think he'll he'll get them to the playoffs eventually. Um, the one thing that they're missing are wide receivers. They have no experience. Tyrell Williams, I think, is done for the season. I think I think they jogged out two rookies as their starters, which is not the ideal thing, especially when you're trying to see if Carr is the real deal. But they have a good line. They have an elite running back. That's going to be pushing towards top five running back this year. Um, Jacobs, he had, I think he had three touchdowns on week one. Shout out to Jacobs. Fantasy performer of the week, if I'm giving out awards. Uh, really uh, put the team on his back. They beat the they beat the lowly Panthers, which I expected them to win. So, yeah, the Raiders. Raiders. I feel like the Raiders will definitely be right there to the end of the season competing for a playoff spot. They might get it, which would be fun. Uh, I mean, they'll get a wild card, so they won't. They won't have a home game. I was gonna say that having a a playoff game in Vegas would be fun, but as a wild card, you won't see that. So forget I said that. And then the last team I have in the mix would be the Texans, and that's just because I respect uh, Watson. He's a great quarterback. He he's probably top five quarterbacks in the league, top ten for sure. Um, I just don't like Bill O'Brien. I think he's a terrible coach. I think he's the worst GM. I think the Texans won't win anything. or um, They won't win anything. They won't achieve anything. They, they're just stuck with him. And they have uh, good enough pieces to at least make the playoffs or be in contention. So I don't know what it's going to take to trade him, to get rid of him, to cut him, to fire him. Um. I think they just gave them a raise and they gave him a higher title and they re-extended his contract. I don't know. I don't know. Does does Bill O'Brien have some dirt on the Texans GM or the Texans owner? I, I don't see how he still has his job. He's it's what I say. When you come from a good coaching tree, you always get longer chances. And Bill O'Brien comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree. So I'm, I'm guessing the Texans just hope that they have the next, the next Bill Belichick. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys right here, he's not the next Bill Belichick. He might not even be the next uh, high school coach. Brand, he's terrible. He's a terrible GM. The only reason I have the Texans in the mix is because I respect Watson and his talents, and he might just be able to drag him into contention or at least keep him close to playoff spot the whole season. But yeah, those are my predictions for the AFC Chiefs. Ravens, Colts, Patriots, Bills, Steelers, Browns, in the hunt, Raiders, 
Texans. Uh, I think the Titans are going to fall off. I don't believe in Tannehill. I think they paid him way too much. I don't know what they're thinking. Almost, I think, $30 million a year, 29 around there. He's he's not that guy. You can't pay him that much. Titans are going to fall off a cliff. In my opinion, they beat the they beat the Broncos yesterday. They eked out a win. Uh, I do feel like most of their games are going to be close just because their defense is, is all right. But I just don't see Tannehill being able to pull those games out. Uh, on the NFC side, NFC NFC predictions. Um, after week one, but they were decided before preseason. I just got the video out late. NFC West, Seahawks. Uh, they were one yard away from winning the division last year, but they got stopped. And I think this year they'll they'll win the division. They have the second best quarterback in the league, and Russell Wilson. He's elite. He actually. Is my MVP uh, preseason pick. I didn't tweet it out, so I don't have proof of that. But I'm going to say it right here. Uh, Russell Wilson will win MVP this year. And the Seahawks will be the NFC West champions this year. NFC North, the Packers. I have the Packers winning their division. Mm. I predicted that Rodgers was going to have a resurgence year this year. I thought that uh, drafting Love in the first round, as the Packers did, was going to light a fire under him. He's going to try to prove to the Packers that he's the quarterback for the next few years still. And he came out firing on week one. He scored four touchdowns. Packers dismantled the Vikings. They looked really good. Um, I think that, that pick is pretty solid. NFC South, the Saints have a lot of continuity. They have a lot of players coming back. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. They added Emmanuel Sanders. I think he scored a touchdown this week. They're going to gonna add another weapon for uh, Drew Brees. Sean Payton, another coach, sometimes gets overlooked because he's been there for a while, but he's a great coach. Saints, Saints should win the NFC South. Uh, they play the Bucks in week one, which are their toughest competition. Brady looked a little off. Brady looked like he might be done, but we'll see. We'll see. It's only week one, but I do think the the Saints should be able to pull off uh, the division by the by season's end. In the NFC East, I did pick the Eagles to repeat. I think last year they were hurt with a lot of injuries, but they lost to the Washington football team in week one. So. Um, that pick might, might not be, might not be truth, might not come to fruition if, uh, if I'm being 100, if I'm keeping it 100, um, you can't, you can't lose to Washington if you're a Super Bowl aspiration team like the Eagles were, and they were up 17-0 and they lost 27-17, it's unacceptable, you, 27 point swing without, <laughs> without throwing a punch back, um, Wentz can't be throwing picks at times like like that, like there were very there's some picks that, all right they hurt, but he threw some very crucial picks that like really flipped the game. Um, so yeah, how did the Eagles winning the NFC East? I think they should still win it. They they still have a chance. Just gotta shore up the line. Wentz has to be smarter with the football. Um, number five Buccaneers. They should get the first wild card spot in my opinion. After week one, we'll see Brady. Brady might, Brady might be too old at this point of his career. Like he, he's a good quarterback. He's the goat. 
there's no denying it. Even even myself being a, I always preferred um, Peyton Manning over him growing up, but he just kept playing for way longer than Manning, and he won way more chips. So he is the goat, but he might be done. And there's no there's no shame in saying that he had a great career, but he looked like he struggled against the Saints. So we'll see if uh, if that continues or if that was just a week one thing. But I had the Buccaneers at five, Cowboys at six. Cowboys lost to the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Dak Prescott looked like he always does. He makes some good he makes some good plays with his legs. He makes decent throws with his arms. He misses some throws. He doesn't lead some wide receivers sometimes. He leaves yards on the field just because. It's a completion, but it's a hard completion, so the, the wide receiver is not able to run after the catch. I think that's vintage Dak Prescott, you know, playing good enough to, like, you can't really, like, hate on him too much, but he doesn't play good enough where you get overly excited on how he plays. So I had the Cowboys at number six, and that's mostly because they're very talented. Their offense has so many weapons. They're spending a lot of money on stars. Defense has a lot of good players too. And if they, I, I just have them as the sixth seed, as the seventh. The last wild card spot, I have the Niners making it. Um, this was mostly just because I love their head coach, Shanahan. I think is the best young offensive mind in the league. He's like a he's like a younger Andy Reid. He's a great offensive mind. I think he's just waiting for his Mahomes. Um, I think Garoppolo is holding him back. I don't, I don't rate Garoppolo at all. I think he's a horrible quarterback for what what he gets paid. It's a bad deal. How much he's getting paid and the production that he brings to that team. He almost got Kittle killed yesterday. You're their best player, the, the the player that makes their offense go. Uh, he was. I think he, he was limited after after that after the injury against the Cardinals and then. That killed their temple. And I, if there was one person to blame for that injury, is Garoppolo. Um, if you guys didn't see the play, it was a simple throw to the side, to the to the flat. I think they were setting up a screen for uh, Kittle to catch the ball quickly and, and get blockers in front of him and start running. And what's his name? Garoppolo, with his inaccurate arm that he has, um, you know, throws it quickly like he's supposed to, but instead of throwing it, Somewhere where Kittle could catch it and run. He throws it high. Kittle goes up to get it, exposes himself. And then he sh- like that should never be the, the case on a simple throw like that. He exposes Kittle. Kittle, being the good receiver that he is, goes and gets this overthrown pass, exposes his, his, his torso, exposes his legs, gets really high. Player comes down low and... You know, hits him on the knee, and then after that, he's hobbled. He had to walk out. I think he even went back to the locker room, and then he tried to play after that. But let me just tell you, that, that injury is on Garoppolo. There's no other way to put it. He's exposing his wide receivers. He's putting them in tough positions. I know that they're warriors. They're not – if the pass is high, they're not just going to let it sell over their heads. They're going to try to go and get it. And it cost them this time. Hopefully, Kittle is able to come back 100%, and he plays the rest of the season good, but – uh, that's part of what you get with Garoppolo. He's not a good quarterback. He really isn't. Uh, I feel sorry for Niner fans. This is one of the best rosters you guys have had in a long time. You have a really good head coach. 
but your quarterback is limited. And then I think uh, one of the plays that really resonated with me was the series. Um, I think the last series before uh, the last touchdown that they scored. Granted, the 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 drive ended on a touchdown because Shanahan is such a good head coach that even if you miss one, he'll be able to draw up another one and get you that touchdown because he's such a good head coach. But sometimes that won't be enough. The one chance you get, you're going to have to complete it or else uh, the team, the other team won't give you that chance, You no matter how good your coach is. And uh, they were in the red zone and Garoppolo, I think Mostar was running a wheel route and right as he's getting to the top end of his wheel route, like the defender is just covering the flat. I think there was a receiver there. And Mostar just sneaks by. He's wide open. He's raising his hand. And Garoppolo doesn't see him. He tries to force a throw and incomplete pass, I believe. Mostar was wide open for a touchdown. Completely wide open on the left side of Garoppolo. Misses him. I was a, I'm was a neutral fan. I have Mostar in one of my fantasy leagues, so I was kind of upset. I was like, come on, man. He's wide open. Like, How did you not see him? Fortunately for nine fans, Shanahan draws up a good play and they get a touchdown, I think, on the very next play. And Garoppolo looks good. But against elite teams, elite teams in this league, they're going to give you one chance. And if you don't take it, you're screwed. It could be the end. It could be the deciding factor in if you win or if you lose. And I just I don't believe in Garoppolo. He stresses me out. He doesn't instill confidence, in my opinion, if you're a player on that team. He's not someone that you, you're you overly confident in. And uh, I might cost him. That's another pick. I have him sneaking into the playoffs as the seventh seed, the last wild card spot. But I could definitely see them missing missing, uh, missing the playoffs altogether just because I don't believe in Garoppolo, and I think, I think they should move on from him. And then the two teams I have in the mix, I would have the Vikings and the Cardinals. I think the Vikings... Uh, they had a, a small window where they could make some noise. I think that window's closing. Uh, and uh, NFC teams are starting. There's a lot of good NFC teams, so Vikings had their time in the sun. Now there's other teams that are coming up. Like it's like you got to put the Buccaneers in there just because they have a lot of talent. I think the Cowboys should bounce back, so they're gonna take up another another playoff spot. And even the Cardinals, that's my last team to be in the mix. They look like they're gonna make some noise. They beat the Niners. Um, Murray looked good. DeAndre Hopkins had the most catches he's ever had in a career in a in a game. So it looks like they made a good trade. They Cardinals could probably sneak into the playoffs and make uh make make a team uh, nervous in the first round. But yes, those are my predictions. Uh, I just wanted to talk about some games real quick over the weekend. Um, there was a there was two games that really stood out, or a couple games that stood out. Um, one of them was the Eagles. <laughs> uh, I kind of had the Eagles going forward this year. They were gonna make the playoffs as the East champions, and I thought they would make it at least to the. They could make it to the championship. I I, I didn't play out the finals, but just looking at the teams, I did think the Eagles could uh could make some noise this year, just because I rate Carson Wentz pretty high, but to blow a seventeen zero lead to the Washington football team and lose 27-17 just not scoring points in the second half and the team looked lost uh I don't know I don't know how I feel about that team um that pick is making me a little nervous um Washington 
with all the all the bad press they got this year, uh, potentially going to be one of the worst teams ever, and uh, they they start one and zero. A lot of scandals that they had over the off season to start one zero is a uh, real good for them. Um, shout out to Rivera; he's a great head coach. Um, I think he has cancer now. Hopefully, he powers through that and he's able to have a healthy, healthy life. But he's a great head coach. I'm pretty sure he pumped them up, and that's the reason that they they were able to beat the the Eagles. So that's a game that stood out for me. Uh, another one that stood out for me was uh, how good Aaron Rodgers looked against the Vikings. The Vikings usually uh, are at least pretty good at containing Rodgers, or at least making it difficult for him. And he just had their way, his way against them yesterday. Um, it looks like he's back. It looks like he's back. Um, it looks like he's back to his uh, MVP form. I wouldn't say prime, but he looked really good. He looked mobile. Um, he, he looked like uh, he had his legs under him. He was moving around the pocket and outside the pocket really good. I, like I said, I have the Packers winning the North. Mostly because I believe in Aaron Rodgers, and he showed up week one. I'm very excited to see if he's able to keep it up. Um, if he is, the Packers, Packers, if if this Aaron Rodgers shows up against the Niners, last playoffs they would have had a chance, but he didn't. But this Aaron Rodgers puts the Packers up there against anybody. If Aaron Rodgers is playing this good, Packers have a chance against anybody, especially if, like. They have a good running back. They have a number one wide receiver, Devontae Adams. That's amazing. If Rodgers is hitting on all cylinders, it's they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Uh, the last one that really stood out to me was the Buccaneers versus the Saints. Buccaneers have all this hype coming into the season. They have so many players that have a lot of talent. They added Leonard uh, Fournette. Uh, they added Gronkowski. They added Brady. A lot of people have them making the Super Bowl, winning their division, going deep into the playoffs. I have them making the the playoffs. I don't see them going that deep, but they are going to make the playoffs. And Brady looked a little shaky. I'm not going to lie. Brady looked a little old. He made a little small comeback at the end, but not really. The game was never like in doubt. It looked like the Saints had it for a while. Uh, hey, if this is it, if this is it for Brady, if, if he's really done. He had a great of a career, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame career, two two times Hall of Fame. Like I know some people have said that his first half of his career and his second half career, they could have both made the Hall of Fame. Kind of like reminds me of Kobe's career, um, which is true. And if this is the end, then thank you for the great ride, Tom Brady. Uh, I enjoyed rooting against you for all these years. Don't like the Patriots. Was always rooting against you. I preferred Manning over you. I thought Manning was a better quarterback, but hey, you were a great villain for so many years. If 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 your days as being a villain are over, hey, cheers, cheers to all those years that you were a great villain for a lot of teams. I know a lot of teams didn't like you, mostly because you always eliminated our teams in the playoffs. But if if that's if this is it for Brady, which it kind of kind of kind of looks like he, he's gonna finally fall off a cliff, his age is finally gonna catch up to him. Then man, it was a hell of a ride. Shout out to Brady. I know you left it all on the field. If it's not, if you come back from this and you just have a great season, then it just keeps adding to your to your legend. And uh, we're lucky to have experience having to. We're lucky to be able to watch you play. And uh, I hope I hope he does decent. I hope the Buccaneers make the playoffs. And 
I hope Brady gets uh, another run at, at a chip, just because it's always it's always fun to root against Brady in the playoffs. So yeah, those are my picks. Uh, those are my thoughts on Week One. I think uh, most of my picks are pretty sound. Um, the Colts, the Colts is another one that kind of scares me, just because of Rivers, freaking Rivers. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, Joe Burrow looked good. In some parts of the game, some other parts he had some like the the interception was terrible. <laughs> the I was joking with my friends watching the game like who's gonna choke the game first? Like is it gonna be the Bengals or the Chargers? It was like the choke fest. Like who's who's gonna win the uh, the award for your franchise that chokes away the most victories? I low key put my money on the Chargers just because they're known for that. But uh, the Bengals kicker missed and and they took the award. But yeah, uh, this was the NFL topic for today. Uh, On my next episode, depending on when it comes out, I'll either uh, make my picks for week two or I'll recap week two, which should be another great week of football. I'm so glad football's back. Um, Fantasy football's back, which is great to keep up with the homies, especially during times like this where where we're going through COVID and we can't really interact with that many people. Um, Just having a... A platform that lets you that makes you communicate with your friends is, is fun it's it's uh keeps you entertained keeps keeps you in touch with a lot of people um i am the champion for my league back home so i just wanted to put that out there um get to talk shit to all my friends back home so yeah super excited for the nfl season i think it's gonna be a great season hopefully at some point uh, we're able to have fans back in the stadiums um i don't have a uh i don't have a team that i root for right now just because I am a free agent fan. Um, when the Chargers left San Diego, uh, I left their fan base. I was not going to support them once they went to L.A. Even though I do support some L.A. teams, it was just the principle. Like, I didn't like how they left San Diego, so I stopped being a fan, which some people might take the wrong way. They said they'll follow their team wherever, but I just don't like the owner, and I can't support a team with that owner. But... That being the case, uh, I think some uh, being a free agent fan has its pros and its cons just because uh, I don't get heartbroken when a team loses. Like if the Chargers lost, <laughs> I wouldn't. it would have been funny to me or I wouldn't have been hurt. But then it has its negatives just because I don't get the same satisfaction of seeing teams like your team win. There's, there's definitely a different feel when you're rooting for a team and and that team wins like you like you you're part of something kind of which is what sports sports is uh, are all about making you feel like you're part of something bigger so yeah if you guys have a team for me um let me know down in the comments what team I should join if I should join any team or uh, make a pitch make a pitch on why I should join your team i know my my friend andrew was uh, telling me to join the raiders bandwagon which would be pretty crazy coming from an ex-charger fan but i mean i'm open to anything if any teams have any openings i am a free agent fan i am a lo- i am eh, i can't say i'm loyal because i got rid of the Chargers. but when i'm there i'm there i'll be loud and proud and i'll defend the team till till the end and if no team comes along for me then i'm i'm pretty pretty chilling being a, a free agent fan it's not the end of the world but uh, that ends my uh NFL topic for the day. Very excited for the NFL. Week one was great. 
I think week two. I think the I think the the games are just gonna get better since there was no preseason. Camp started late. Um, person to person like interactions between the teams started real late. So I think a lot of teams were rusty. That that might be the reason why some games weren't as exciting. But I think as the season progresses, once that first month is over, I believe by when October comes, we're gonna have teams like really getting into gear and we're gonna have it's just gonna be an amazing season and yeah um nfl nfl nfl's dope but now with that being said uh my last topic of today's podcast would be the premier league the premier league is back back let me just say this i hate peacock i hate what i hate what companies are doing right now i hate how everybody has to have their own streaming service like it just makes it so hard to consume all these games and uh it's annoying i remember when all the epl games or all the marquee games were just on um nbc sports or their main nbc channel and now you gotta get peacock you gotta have it's just annoying it's i'm going on a little rant i'm probably gonna end up getting peacock but because i want to see all the games and it's annoying not being able to see them but i had to get that off my chest just because like every every i mean i don't blame them it's a good market strategy like i know they're gonna make money like <laughs> i know there's people out there like me that w- love the epl and want to see it and if you put it on a service and that's the only way you could watch a game uh, more likely than not those people are gonna pay for the service because they want they really want to see the game so it's smart it's smart for them i can't deny it. it's smart but it's kind of cruel and i don't like it I hate that it's like that. But yeah, week one came came and went. Not everyone played. Manchester United, Manchester City, Aston Villa, and Burnley didn't play. And this is because Man United and Man City went the furthest in the in the restart uh, after the coronavirus uh, halt ended. Um, Manchester United went to the semi uh, to the finals. Or is, no, they went to the semifinals of Europa. Man City went to the semifinals, I believe, too. So they had they get an extra week to prepare and and rest up for the and get ready for this season. And Aston Villa and Burnley were their week one opponents, so they get a rest too. Um, like I said, I lagged it to make an episode before this weekend, so I didn't get to say my predictions on camera. But I did tweet them out. So one more time, I am. If I figure out how to do this, I'm going to have a picture here or here with my tweet saying my predictions for top 10 of the EPL table. And then I have my three teams that I think are going to be relegated. Like I said, tweet's going to be here. If you're just listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to this, uh i'll put my link on the description if you want to click on it and see my tweet of uh my predictions for the season so you know that i'm telling the truth and i did tweet these out before the season started so it was not after any of the games these are preseason picks i might have some mid-season picks just to see how the teams are going and i'll predict how they go but quickly i'll just uh run through my predictions one through ten my relegated teams and then after that, we'll talk about uh, some of the week one games. And then I'll see if I, if I feel the same way after the first week of football about my picks. 
and some games that stood out to me because there was a there was a quite a few good games that I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, let's get started right away. The hard to handle um, EPL predictions by Ismael San Juan. But you guys can call me Ish. You guys know that. Um, top four, which are the most interesting. I think I have I have Liverpool as the champions. I think they'll repeat. Very deep team. Very mostly because of Klopp. This pick is mostly because Klopp is a great coach. He's amazing. He, he might be one of the best ones in the world right now. Top two, top three. If not the best. Number two, Man City. Man City. Uh, it's Man City. They're a good team. They're deep. They're maybe the deepest team in the league. And three, I have Chelsea. They added. They spent like $300 million, I think, on players this year. On this offseason, um, they're out of the transfer ban. Lampard is a good coach. Pulisic hopefully comes back and helps him out from his injury. And uh, let me just say, I think it's going to be a three-horse race for the championship. Last year, it was uh, Liverpool and Man City and then everybody else. I think this year is going to be Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and then everybody else. Chelsea should take that jump from last year to this year. They added a lot of quality players. We'll see. Keppa is a horrible QB, um, quarterback. I mean, goalkeeper. What am I saying? Uh, Keppa is a horrible um, goalkeeper. I don't know how why they spent so much money on him. He's terrible, in my opinion. He doesn't know how to judge across or balls from distance. He's just bad. But anyways, uh, other than that, Chelsea has a really good team on paper. And they should be uh, top three, in my opinion. Or at least these were my thoughts preseason. Preseason thoughts. Four... Arsenal should get the last uh, Champions League spot. I don't think they'll challenge for the, for the title. They're not there yet. But Arteta is a good coach. He has them going in the wrong, right direction. Um, and they look real good in week one. So, you know, a lot. Of, I know <laughs> people replied to my to my t- tweet on Twitter saying that I'm crazy having Arsenal in fourth because they finished, I think, eighth last year. But they they ended strong last year. They won the FA Cup at I, I think they're going to have some good soccer coming their way, and uh, we'll see. Five, I have United. United at five. I don't think their team is mature enough. I don't think uh, Pogba being, like, a leader is the right – like, he's fit to be, like, a, a leader or a voice in the in the locker room. Um, they're still very young. Uh, Rashford and all these players, no one has really, like, taken the reins of the team and like really said, you know, this is my team. This is this is my team, and I'm gonna take them to like the promised land or stuff like that. It's just it just looks like a a bunch of really good young players that are still trying to find like you know their niche and trying to find their footing in the world of soccer. No one has really you know taken that next step and said, all right, I'm a world class player. This is my team. When you think of this team, you're gonna think of myself. So. But they have a lot of talent, um, so that in itself should should get them close to top four, fighting for top four, fourth or fifth is where I see United. But on my rankings, I put them fifth. Six, I have Wolves. They added uh, some good players, more Portuguese players coming to the Wolves. Um, it looks like they're going to be able to keep Raul Jimenez and Adama Traore, so that should help. They don't have European soccer this year, so... Um, the squad depth won't hurt them as much as it did last year. 
So I have him, you know, finishing sixth, getting a Europa League spot, um, being a really good team, competitive team that could, uh, you know, beat any of the teams ahead of them. But, you know, just over the season, I don't think they'll have the consistency to get a Champions League spot. Definitely see them getting a Europa League spot. But they, I feel like during the season, they'll, they'll definitely fluctuate between seven through three or four. Just... uh. They're, they're going to be good. I, I feel I, I might be biased because that's my team, but I like the signings that they did. They kept most of their players. They have a really good coach. Uh, they should, they sh- they're, they've been a solid team the last two seasons. They're just going to keep building on that. I think Wolves had a good thing going. I haven't finished in sixth, one, one spot ahead of last year, so it should be a really good season for the Wolves. Seven Spurs, I, uh, Mourinho, Mourinho looks like he's losing his magic. Um, I don't trust in that team. I, I feel like they do have like a small team mentality. Like no matter how good they get, they're they're they have like a mental block or something where they just can't get over the hump. And uh, yeah, and then just to round out the top ten, I have Leicester City. You know, having a a drop off from I think they ended fifth. They're gonna end up in eighth. Um, they really fell off the second half of the season. They had like a top three spot most of the year, and they just choked it away. I think. That regress is going to continue this year, but they'll still manage top eight. Everton, I think they finished like 12th or 13th last year. They'll finish ninth. They got um, James. They look pretty good uh, against the Spurs this this uh, for week one. So I think Everton has a chance to be one of those teams that moves up in my rankings. Sheffield United, I have them at 10th. Um, Spurs, I mean, Wolves took care of them week one. They were like a Cinderella team last year, kind of. People thought they were going to get relegated, and they, they played pretty good. Uh, they could be a wild card. I don't know if they potentially could go that much higher up, but <laughs> uh, they look a little shaky. They, they might not finish 10th. They might they might finish lower, but those are my top 10 uh, teams in the EPL. Um, I don't think I have too many crazy predictions other than maybe Arsenal at 4th and, and Spurs all the way at 7th and Leicester coming to 8th. But I mean, let me know what do you guys think in the in the comments. Do you guys think I'm crazy? Or what are you guys top ten uh, predictions for the EPL? Um, you guys could do after week one. These were my, like I said, these were my preseason picks. Uh, if I were to pick again, I might switch something up. I might. Uh, well, we haven't seen United and we haven't seen City, but I might move Chelsea down a little bit. They did win, and it looked the score looks like they won convincingly. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and they don't have all their players, so I, I probably wouldn't change anything after week one. Just, I think I like I like my picks. Um, as far as the games went for week one, uh, just to quick little recap: uh, Arsenal beat Fulham three zero, Liverpool beat Leeds United four three, Crystal Palace beat Southampton one zero, West Ham lost zero two to Newcastle, West Brom lost zero uh, three to Leicester. Tottenham lost 1-0 uh, to Everton. Sheffield United uh, lost 2-0 to Wolves. And Chelsea beat Brighton 3-1. Uh, some games that I wanted to talk about uh, quickly. Arsenal really looked really good against Fulham. Um, oh, I forgot to mention my teams I think are going to get relegated. I have Crystal Palace, Fulham, Aston Villa getting relegated. And Fulham got stomped 3-0 by Arsenal. They look like a weak team. Uh, I do think they're going to get relegated. 
Uh, I don't think I could ju- I could judge Arsenal um, just off that game just because Fulham is not a, a strong opponent. So we'll see how Arsenal. I think they have some tough games coming up against Liverpool, I believe, in the next two weeks. So we'll see how they do. And that was one of the, just wanted to point that out. Arsenal took care of Fulham. They look pretty good, but can't really judge them. Brighton versus Chelsea. I thought they played yesterday. Uh, they were one of the Monday games. Chelsea, they beat them 3-1, but Brighton looked like the better team throughout the, the game. They just couldn't put their chances away. Uh, Chelsea spent a lot of money on defense, but I mean on offense, but their defense looks a little shaky. Like I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna be able to hold up the rest of the season. Um I think uh Chelsea definitely needs Pulisic. They look a little stale on, on top. It could be just because they're not they're not acclimated to each other yet. Um but it does feel like they need Pulisic. And it's crazy. It's 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 nice. I live in the US, so it's this might be the I saw a comment that said this might be the first time that a, a real like a strong soccer team says that they need an American on their team to to like uh to play good. <laughs> I thought I found that funny. But it's true. I think Chelsea is a different team when Pulisic is out there. He he's dynamic with the ball on his feet and uh he brings a lot of pace to the team and he's able to get the team going forward and he could be uh not just his first defender, but he could take on two or three defenders and get a get a play started. So that that was the first game I wanted to take a look at Chelsea versus Brighton. Chelsea, I mean, but this that's one of the signs of a good team. Even when you don't when you, when you don't play your best soccer, you manage to find wins. That's what Chelsea did. So if they could take something away from that is that they didn't play their best soccer and they still got a three one victory. Uh, second game Wolves versus Sheffield. My Wolves they scored two quick goals. Raul Jimenez scored a banger in the second or third minute. Just filthy goal, filthy buildup. Potence, Potence is really shifty. He he he's shifted his body, got a defender thinking he's going one way, let the ball run, took the ball up the flank, decent cross across. Uh, Raul Jimenez first time put it like top left corner, decently far away from the keeper. If if the Wolves are able to keep Jimenez, if the Wolves are able to keep Torre, they should be a they should be a, a dangerous team this season. Um, Spiritu Santos, Nuno, he's a he's a great head coach. They have a lot. They have a good thing building at uh, Wolverhampton. Uh, I think they're one of those teams that a lot of people like to root for. They they play good soccer. They're a fun team to watch. Um, they're 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 like a team that a lot of I feel like a lot of neutrals follow that team. Shout out to Rojo Jimenez, Mexican. Uh, he's it looks like he's gonna have another great season. He's in the prime of his career. He's 29 years old, physical peak. I think this team suits him really, really good. Um, I I would like him to, to see him go to a bigger club. It would be great for you know to pave opportunities for other Mexicans. Especially if he does good in a big team, just to show that Mexicans could uh, do good in big clubs. But if he stays at Wolves, he could become a Wolves club legend. He's already on his way to becoming a legend. Um, and he could become one of the best strikers in the EPL. He's already in the conversation. If he stays there, if he stays uh, with the Wolves, I see him scoring 20-plus goals this season and just being a focal point, being the star for Wolves and uh, 
potentially competing for top four. Definitely uh, see them finishing top six. Um, Sheffield, talked about them a little bit. They had a couple chances. They hit the post on one of them. I know size size took a, one of their headers out the line towards the end. But other than that, they didn't really create too many chances. We'll see how Sheffield does this year. Like I said, Cinderella story last year. Um, finished top eight, I think. Or, yeah, like nine. And when people had them, like, possibly getting relegated. Uh, I think it was good for them to miss out on Europa. They need to build on last season. Just with the current squad they have. Just focus on the Premier League. I think they should be able to uh, have a decent season. Don't expect much from them. Just uh, middle of the pack, you know, survive, stay stay afloat, stay in the EPL. Should be a good team. Very excited for the Wolves, though. Um, what's his name? The two the two new Portuguese players they have, Vitinha, he played uh, probably like the last five minutes of the game. Couldn't really tell too much about him from uh, just those small um, sample size. He came from Porto. And uh, on a loan with the option to buy. I'm pretty sure if he plays good, Wolves are going to exercise that option to to buy him. He's 20 years old, very young player. Excited to see what he could do. Um, and then Fabio Silva, they broke. I think they broke the club record for for transfer fee for him. He's 18 years old. He comes from Porto too. Um, he didn't see the field mostly because the game was a uh, game was pretty secure and uh, there was no need for him. Uh, this this week, uh, excited to see him. Uh, like my uh, my good friend Matt. Um, when when the transfer went down, he hit me up. He told me that he's he's read some stuff about him. That even Football Manager has him rated very highly. That he becomes a a star. So you know, hopefully all those things are true. I haven't really uh, seen too much uh, of his game footage. If I'm being 100% um, honest. Uh, I have read some stuff about him, though. A lot of people have him rated, rated highly. He's 18 years old, so we'll have to see how he develops. A lot of the talk is promise, not, like, concrete. But I think uh, the Wolves have a good coaching staff to develop players. So I think they'll be able to, you know, work with him and get him to fulfill all this potential that he has. And it just adds another attacking talent to the to the team. And uh, he'll be able to give uh, Raul Jimenez some rest. The last game that I wanted to talk about, just real quick, Liverpool versus Leeds. This game was exciting. Seven goals. Um, the champions won. Shout out to Salah for scoring three goals, getting a hat trick. He's definitely going to be competing for uh, for the Golden Boot again. He's a great player. He's he's had like what? This is like the fourth season in a row that he's been killing it in the UPL, I believe. Three or four seasons that he's just been scoring twenty plus goals. Um. I'm not worried about Liverpool offense, even though they did need two penalties to beat Leeds. The thing that's kind of making me a little bit shaky, or if I was a Liverpool fan, it'll keep me up at night a little bit, is the defense. Um, Liverpool looked a little shaky at the back last season, towards the latter half. Like, let's say since they got eliminated from Champions League going forward, defense wasn't the most solid. Um... I know uh, what's his name, Van Dyke had another mistake this this uh this game, and then the commentators just keep saying this is so uncharacteristic of Van Dyke to have a mistake like that. 
But I remember him like having two or three of those just in the second half of last season. And they keep saying the same thing. Like, oh, this is very uncharacteristic of Van Dyke. I think versus Arsenal at the end of last year, uh, I think he like he got bodied off the ball and he tried to sell the foul and, and it didn't happen. And they said the same thing that, oh, Van Dyke never, never does this. Hey, it's starting to low-key become a trend. So I'm kind of getting scared. Like, Van Dyke, you got to, you know, sharpen up that, that defense. You are one of the best, if not the best defender in the world right now. But you just can't be having these mistakes. Like, am I being too harsh? Maybe, but I uh, I know I recall the commentator saying, "Oh, this is not this is not characteristic of Van Dyke." At least two or three, maybe four times in the last year. So, I mean, at some point, it's gonna become characteristic. He got he has to nip it in the butt before it becomes a thing. Before other people start calling him out on it, like, "Hey, what's going on?" then we don't want to have this reoccurring is what i'm trying to say he's he's a great defender just those little small mental lapses he can't he can't have those especially when liverpool is liverpool is a great team don't get me wrong but there's other great teams in the epl too is like they ran away with it last year but the year before they they scored almost the same amount of points and they they still lost to city by one point and this might be the type of season where they they'll, they'll have they might score the same they might get the same or close to to the amount of points they got last year, but there might be some other teams right there with them. So you can't give up points. Is what I'm trying to say. So Van Dyke, make sure you got that defense on point. I'm gonna go ahead and, and agree with the commentators and say that it's not like you, that this is uncharacteristic, and that you're gonna turn it around, and that it was just. One in the blue moon, and that's it. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I won't look too hard to find the other times that you've messed up. And I'll believe that, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool will be just fine. They do have two big tests coming up, Chelsea and Arsenal, in the next two games. So we'll, we'll really get to see how good Liverpool is. If uh, I expect them to do great things this year, so I do expect them to beat both of them. If they drop points to Chelsea, I could see that because they're they're in my top three predictions. If they drop points to Arsenal, then I'll be kind of scared because they should still be a class above Arsenal. But we'll see. We'll see. EPL season is uh, restarted. It's back. Excited. I'm excited to see how this plays out. Um, Definitely the most entertaining league in the world. I don't know if it's the best. Most entertaining, yes. I'll concede to that. And it's back. One more time, I I don't like what they're doing with Peacock. I understand it from a financial point, but I don't like it. But yeah, uh, this has been episode three of the Hard to Handle. I mean, three. It's been so long. I haven't done these in a week. Episode six of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Um, if you like my sports takes, if you like listening to this, um, please subscribe to uh, wherever you're listening to this. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, YouTube, wherever you're at, please subscribe. Uh, I'm going to get videos up weekly now. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Clippers are going to win tonight, but Lakers in six. Lakers, Celtics final. Um, Seahawks are going to make it. I don't know if I... 
Now that I remember, I don't know if I did my Super Bowl prediction. Seahawks versus Chiefs. Chiefs win. And Liverpool is winning in the EPL. This has been Ismael San Juan with the Hard to Handle podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me. Until next time.